Hey friends, you're listening to Self Love is Blind. I'm your host, Jillian. Self Love is Blind is a podcast where we discuss all things self-love related. The challenges, the self-doubt that can get in the way, and suggestions on ways to overcome those challenges. This past week was kind of the one-year anniversary of the beginning of the COVID shutdowns. It's pretty wild to think of how much has changed in the past year. I do think one positive thing is we're seeing a lot more people have important conversations that might not have been something people did very often before. People were never comfortable talking about these kind of issues before. And I think I think more people are open to having these kinds of discussions after all we've been through in the last year. Last week, we seen the big Oprah, Prince Harry, and Meghan Markle. That was pretty, pretty intense to watch. Um, some of the topics were a little bit heavy, but ultimately, I think they're brave for telling their story and to like understand what's really happening behind closed doors there. Um, seemed like everyone has an opinion about it, the interview or Megan, but honestly, if anyone who has struggled with something mental health related and they see, you know, negative comments or sharing disbelief in, you know, Megan Markle won't see those comments, but the people that, that are in your life, they will see those comments and they will know not to come to you if they ever need to talk to someone. So I think people need to be more aware of the things that they're saying. Uh, a quote that stuck out to me in the interview from Megan, uh, she said, Life is about storytelling, about the stories we tell ourselves, the stories we're told, what we buy into... And for us to be able to have storytelling through a truthful lens that hopefully is uplifting. If you haven't checked that out, it's, uh, it's on Global. Life is ultimately about leaving the world a better place than you found it. Kind of like how one of my favorite podcasters says, leave people in relationships better than you found them. So I think when we're self-aware, it helps us to get to know other people as well. And when we're self-aware and understanding others better, we can more easily meet people where they are instead of where we think they should be. I feel super lucky to have so many people reaching out to me to say they found comfort in hearing the show. I was also very lucky to have my friend Leanne Leave me a lovely podcast review on the iHeartRadio site. She also mentioned me on air on Vancouver's Move iHeartRadio station. I'll put all the links in the show notes here. Uh, the link to the podcast review that Leanne wrote and today's guest, Trevor, his Instagram, which he referred to as 100% Circus. So if you'd like to see the electric unicycle, you can check him out on Instagram. We talked about normalizing therapy and how it's important to just talk to someone 
but it also needs to be more affordable, if not free. Far too many people can't or don't seek help due to financial constraints. Visits with a therapist can cost hundreds of dollars per session. Mental health shouldn't be a luxury item. We also got into pronouns, inclusion, toxic masculinity, and body positivity. Um, We talked about the It Gets Better project. I will also have a link to that in the show notes. And this is a really cool project um, within the LGBTQ plus community. And they're there for um, all kinds of different resources for youth and um, just support. So that's really cool. Uh, Trevor also mentioned the kids help phone is always available. It's not just for kids. Um, I'm also going to pop the link for that in the show notes. The more people that are reaching out to me, the more I'm starting to see how many people are actually struggling right now. And we really did need something like this podcast. And storytelling is really, really key to bringing people together and initiating healing. I'm asking my listeners to please go subscribe and leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. It'll make it easier for people to find the podcast. If it's not a five-star rating, let me know. Shoot me an email at selfloveisblind at gmail.com with your comments on how I can improve it. Visit my website, selfloveisblind.com. I designed it myself, and I think I did a pretty decent job designing the website for not having any experience designing websites. If you can't get enough and you want some more exclusive content, you can hit up my Patreon. You can find that at patreon.com slash selfloveisblind and you can find all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, Zoom hangouts with me, a monthly host episode, and a Discord community where Patrons can ask questions for upcoming guests and topics that we'll be discussing. Self Love is Blind is on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, if you could please share, share, share on your social media. Tell five friends about the show. Self Love is Blind podcast is created, produced, and sound designed by me, Jillian Gillis. Intro beat sounds by Scotia Music. Logo designed by Brandon Mosier and website powered by Christopher Oxner. Thanks for tuning in to Self Love is Blind and enjoy the unicycle circus journey. I'm so excited about this conversation that I'm about to have with my great friend Trevor. Hey, Trevor. How's it going? Good. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to. Me too. It's uh, been almost a week since I've been live and things are going well. I know. I'm so excited for you. Thanks. Everything's looking so good. Thank you. Thank you. So how about uh, you give a little bit of an introduction to yourself and oh. uh, let my listeners get to know you. Well, hello, listeners. 
So I've always been told I had a face for radio. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a weirdo. Um, so about me, uh, I'm 40. So that's, you know, milestone in its own. You know, it's like, I made it, here I am. By definition, does that make you Gen X? I think so. I think I'm like just at the beginning. I don't know. It depends on who you talk to and, you know, who's got it slanted. But I maybe or just, oh no, the beginning of millennial and a Gen X. I don't know. Yeah, I think millennials, uh, the beginning would be like around 35-ish right okay. now. So yeah, then yeah, I'm Gen X. But I remember when internet had like noises. So like, I'm an, er- <laughs> I'm an early adapter when you'd like plug in your internet and you'd hear the bing bing bong bong um, and you'd have to tell somebody in the house don't pick up the phone yeah the dial up sound (laughs) (laughs) I'm 31 but I'm still old enough to remember the the dial up right right you had to scream at your mom like don't pick up the phone (laughs) or your parents are like get off the computer I need to make a phone call yes yes oh my gosh so yes so I, I I am from that era um I am LGBTQ. Um, I identify as cis man. Uh, he, him is my pronouns. Um, I'm. I think the pronouns are are so important. It's it's so strange because I was so curious about them originally, and now it's like, especially audio, you don't know who I am or how I identify. So you know, I think it's I think it's good to share sometimes and be like, this is who I am. This is how I identify. So you know my perspective as well too i think when it comes to things exactly and then like anyone who's approaching you there's no question about like how you'd like to be yeah it seems it's more it's i'm coming from it as a respect thing Mm -hmm. now like um before i'm like oh you know why would i put that and now i'm like Oh, you know, especially in in something like this where you can't see me or, you know, make a a, a, a judgment about me or you assume I am something. Totally. All you're doing is you hear my, my radio voice. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very sexy, by the way. <laughs> Ooh, I'm glad it sounds so good. Um, I, I always hated the sound of my own voice, so who knows what, um, if I'll even listen to this to tell you the truth. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know what? I felt the exact same way. Like, I could never watch, um, like, a video of myself before. It's actually not the same when you you do it on, like, the microphone. Maybe a little bit at first, but, like, the first time I heard myself back... I was like, oh, that's not the same as when I, you'd watch a video, you know? Yeah, you sound so good. Like, <laughs> listening to you, I'm like, ooh, this is this is juicy. I want to listen to more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks. What yeah. else? What else? Um, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm here because I think it's, it's great that you're talking about self-love. And I think, you know, everyone's going to have a, a different perspective. So I'm excited to kind of share my perspective and my journey. Amazing. Yeah. So what would be some of the biggest things that were part of your journey? My goodness. So self-love for me, you know, has been a journey and a struggle. I grew up um, in Alberta and predominantly, you know, it's 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 redneck. You, you know, you either play hockey or, you know, you herd cattle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't fit either of those boxes. Um, oh you know, so never felt that I kind of, you know, fit in there. So that, that in itself is a struggle when you don't fit, um, you're different. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think when it comes to self-love, sometimes I hear my mom's voice talk to me in that, you know, she was my first to help me identify self-love. I kind of remember at a young age thinking that I was ugly. And it, it was the strangest thing. I, I was thinking about it before I came here where my mom was like, you know, she asked me like, do you think I'm ugly? And I never, I always thought my mom was beautiful. And I was like, no, you're not ugly, mom. And my mom was like, well, if you don't, I'm, you're a part of me. And if you don't, if you don't think I'm ugly, then you can't be ugly. So I was like, oh, like it kind of, you know, it makes me remember when I look in the mirror and I think there's a part of me that I'm not happy with. I'm like, but my mom's beautiful. So I'm a part of my mom. So that, so I'm not ugly. Oh, that's really sweet. So that was kind of like my early journey into like, of course, your narrative, you know, your negative narrative. You know, we'll talk you out of all sorts of things. So. Oh, you can say that again. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I can relate to what you're saying there because um, just a funny little story. When I was growing up, one of my aunts came to the city from Cape Breton. She took me out and we did some shopping and stuff. And we were in kind of like a high-end store in Park Lane Mall. And my aunt was standing outside the dressing room and she said something like really negative about herself. And I was probably only like no older than like seven years old. And um, she said something like, oh, I'm, I'm fat or something. And I was like, no, you're not. You're beautiful inside and out. She still tells this story to this day. She said, the ladies that were working, just like they all came over and they were like, oh, who's this little girl? Like, she's so smart. So yeah, I feel like I've always kind of had that. It's not about what's on the outside. We're all beautiful in some way kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting when you, you start to look at your negative saboteur and all the bad things it will say to you. And, you know, I, I've been doing some reading and things and you, you think to yourself, would you, would you say those things to a friend? Would you say that to your parent or, you know, sibling? Yeah. yeah. Would you say those things to them? You never do that. No. We sure as well will do it to ourselves, and I, and I'll do it for hours. Like I'm I'm the best at beating myself up. Like nobody can do it better than me. Right. <laughs> you know, and but we would never do that to somebody. So that that I think for me has been the biggest um, aha moments is realizing the words that I'm saying to myself and how it's like your brain kind of tricking you, kind of thing. Oh yeah. And the more we realize that's what's going on in our brains, the faster we can shut it down, you know? Um, I've been kind of having the same kind of realization where, like, if I notice that I'm being really, like, a lot of negative self-talk, I can identify that and, like, say, no, you you stop that. <laughs> it takes it takes practice, though. Like, oh, that's it's not, not That's easy. not easy. No, 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 no. And like, I hope people don't think like I'm saying this is like, you know, self-love is there's an easy fix for it. Oh, it's, it's a journey. That's why I say like self-love is a lifelong journey. There's no destination here. Like <laughs> you always have to work on it. Always. Yeah. And, and I find it, it comes from, you know, consuming yourself with with information. So, you know, we have information now at our fingertips and, you know, you're being fed through your feed things that, you know, can excite you, but they can also, you know, pick at parts of you that maybe don't sit so well, you know, like when you start seeing a feed of, um, 
you know, what you deem to be beautiful people and that you don't look like them, I think it can start to wear on you a little bit. So, you know, and you don't even know that you're doing it to yourself. You know, you just... Exactly. Yeah. Until it's too late. <laughs> right. You scroll and you're just like, I don't look like them. I don't have a six pack. So I'm not, I'm not beautiful. You're constantly comparing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I heard something on a podcast recently and it was like, along the same lines like we see when we when you look at like social media we're seeing this filter of everyone's life and you're only seeing the good it's a filter of like the best moments of our life and that's how we're projecting i think the more we have conversations that you know aren't are kind of uncomfortable to have i think the easier it'll be for people to realize that it's not actually people's lives that look so perfect aren't always that perfect. Like no. that's just the filter we put on our ourself to put out to the world. And that's what's helped me a lot was like hearing people talk about mental health struggles and stuff. And it's like, oh yeah, it's actually okay to talk about this. Like the more people realize, cause when I heard other people talk about similar things that I've gone through, it made me feel seen and understood and that I wasn't alone. So that's kind of what inspired me to start doing this, right? I think it's great. And it's so true when you when you look at social media and you look at some of the people that you follow and you, you know, idolize them and you compare yourself to them. That's where the thief begins and, and the, you know, the narrative is going to be the not good enough narrative. And, you know, realizing that the people inside those little squares that you're looking at that you're tapping on you know they have crappy days and um you know i've i've struggled with um, depression you know i deal with anxiety myself i don't generally share that on social platforms either um you know i have my moments where i do share i'm human and that's you know i think that's the part about being human is sharing we have those moments too um i think of course people want to see the best part of us but then the the thief inside us or the narrative starts to turn it against us when we start comparing mm -hmm. and then there's also that like crazy cycle of just validation and yeah. trying to like make yourself feel better so i just want to give another little example of um not that long ago like thanksgiving i think it was i was having like a really hard time like I was away from my family on Thanksgiving and there was there was a lot of stuff going on and I was just having a really hard time it was probably one of the most um, mentally challenging times in the last year for me was around Thanksgiving and um, I posted a picture that was like one of my favorite photos that I had taken over the summer and I shared a little bit of you know, kind words with my friends about like happy Thanksgiving and stuff and the photo of me out on a boat on the water. And it looked like this picture perfect like day, but I was so down in the dumps that um, nobody would have known. And I got all these likes and, and stuff that, you know, it did help me in the moment. But I mean, in reality, nobody was seeing behind the screen where I was, you know, having a really tough time. No. 
No, and 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 that's okay. Um, I think sometimes we need to look at social media for what it is. Is we're we're sharing a moment, and and you did that. You you shared that moment, and um, you know, and we look to it sometimes for validation. And you know, when we get the the likes, it's like I'm being validated. And I think sometimes um, it can also fall to a detriment in that we're putting a picture out there in hopes that somebody likes it. And then we in turn say to ourselves, then I'm a liked person, but, but you don't need that. In, right. Or, and that's, the, and that's so hard, mm-hmm. but we do it and we do it regularly. I'm, I'll do it. I'll post things and, you know, check on them and see how many people viewed them or liked them, you know, and it, we need to get better at not, you know, putting so much value on that. No. And it, it, we should be happy that we got a moment to share. So I'm trying to be more conscious when I post and, and, put it out there that I'm able to share a moment in time with other people that would enjoy it. Um, and I think it's a great way to to look at it versus going, I need to be validated in the moment. Um, and I think, you know, we'll, we'll stop hurting ourselves by going on, oh, you know, not enough people liked my photo, so I'm not a good person. And that's not the reality. No, no. Our social media following has absolutely nothing to do with our worth. No. Like, you're enough and you're totally worthy despite your online presence. Like, it's got nothing to do with that. No. And and I'm finding that giving yourself powerful, powerful words and words of affirmation, even when you post something, like, why am I posting this? I'm posting this because I want people to enjoy the moment with me. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe you're posting something out of gratitude. I'm, I'm trying to get better at posting things and being grateful, you know, mm-hmm. Even the little things, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, I'm able to um, go for a walk. Yeah, it's minus seven right now, but it's minus 30 something somewhere else in Canada. Right. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, so yeah, gratitude is definitely a great grounder in terms of building self-love. That's something that I've really worked with. That's awesome. Yeah. It's that's that in itself. It feels silly at first. You're like, why am I being like? It sounds so nerdy. Like I'm being grateful, or it sounds like so hippy dippy. But, <laughs> but but it's it's something that you know you th- when you do it, you're like, no, I really am grateful for that, or I'm grateful for good people. Or, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like any time that I spend time with good friends like you, like I seen you. Um, we're pretty lucky here in Nova Scotia where we actually were able to have a little bit of a normal summer where (laughs) (laughs) COVID was calm here in Nova Scotia. (laughs) We're like the safest place in the world. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I saw you on my birthday and we like, we took a photo together and it was just like, I just love those moments, you know? I know. And I think, um, being grateful that we're able to have those and I think when the rest of the world can have them again, I think gratitude is going to be something that will help us grow again. Mm-hmm. And heal. Ugh, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And um, going back to like the social media stuff, like I know when I look at your page, like you're one of my favorite people Aww. to like check out your content because you've got that like, what do you call it? Oh, my electric unicycle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I am, yes, I am 100% circus. So if you wanted to know a little bit more about me, um, yes, 100% circus. But it, it, so I love that you, uh, I love that that's what your favorite part is about my page. 
Um, it's actually my happy place. It's um, to see a 40-year-old bearded man spin around on an electric unicycle should bring people joy. I truly believe it. <laughs> Um, I love it. But I, it's so funny because that was such a spontaneous thing in my life and I don't regret it. And, you know, I think fear can stop you from doing so many things. And when I saw that electric unicycle, I thought to myself, like, you know, wh- why, why, what am I interested in this? You know, what are people going to think? And it really got to the point of like, I don't care what people think. They're not on this thing with me. This yes. is this is my moment. This is my trying something different. And it's so different. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you're doing it for you, you yeah, know? It, and, and it wasn't for validation. It was really for, can I do this? Yeah. <laughs> and like, you find enjoyment in it. You have oh. fun doing it. And it's very clear to see that when you share your posts when you're doing that. I would love, to, oh my gosh, I would love if Cirque du Soleil would call me and be like, we want to, we want you in a show. But I think Cirque du Soleil's gone. I think the pandemic killed it too. Uh, um, Maybe they've gone like virtual. Yes, yes. I mean, you're already kind of doing like the virtual, so like, right. you know, if there's yeah. anybody out there looking for uh... <laughs> <laughs> A circus circus performer? (laughs) Um, Totally. Um, But yeah, it's... But it inspired me to to do more things, to be daring. And I think, you know, if you're... Confidence is so hard, you know, and taking that first leap of faith on anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, for for you, like, I'm so excited for you in this journey on podcasts. Um, that's, That's a leap of faith that, you know, you didn't know how to do it. Where do I start? And, you know, I'm sure with the audience, you know, thinking that yourself, like, where do you start with this? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, how do you just pick up one day and like, I'm gonna post a podcast and, you know, (laughs) your heart has to race when you, you know, you start thinking about it and planning it and then, you know. Oh man, I lost (laughs) so much sleep. (laughs) Right? In the first couple months, I was just like, I was having like brain explosions with like ideas on like, because like I have my marketing diploma and the IT and I was like, oh, I can do this. I can do that. I can have this person. I can like talk to this person. Right. And, and fear, fear would have stopped you had you not taken that first jump. And it, I'm, I'm so excited for your journey because it's, it's gonna, it's gonna grow into even more, you know, adventures of maybe, you know, helping other people that are listening, you know, face different fears about themselves or about, you know, finding, you know, finding their own strength and, and, you know, being uncomfortable and, and being okay with uncomfortable, mm-hmm. um, with my, you know, electric cir- or electric <laughs> unicycle circus journey, um, you know, it, it allowed me to try something else. And, and I started pole dancing. And I never would have thought in ever in my life would I ever be seeing myself swing around on a pole. Right. And it's my other happy place. Like... Yeah. That's the other thing I love about yeah! seeing your posts. Like... But I, I just thought to myself, why why do we go to the gym to pick up things? Like, that's not, that's not exciting to me. That doesn't, that doesn't make my brain excited. Yeah. Um, so to be able to do something different with your body, but man, it, was it nerve wracking and, and it's still nerve wracking because I'm not good at it or I don't think I'm good at it. And I think you, you are, <laughs> but, and I've, you know, and I've only been doing it a little while. Right. And so, it, you know, with everything, you know, practice is 
gonna make progress. It's not gonna make perfection. And I think that's where trying things and you know failing at it and maybe not being so good but stop being so hard on yourself when you're not good at it instantly right that's that's the biggest learning exactly like no one's perfect when they start doing anything like no and that's what i had a few people tell me like at the beginning when i was really nervous about starting and it's like uh, my best friend Steph she she was like listen like you don't think that a youtuber their first video isn't gonna be perfect no like the first one is always crap (laughs) yeah it usually gets deleted eventually (laughs) and then you have to like go stock it on like forums to find like the first james charles ever video that's like horrendous (laughs) or like um if you follow jeffree star i'm sure there's like a really bad old one somewhere you know that wasn't well produced you know Everyone has to start somewhere. Totally. Um, and you know, the more the more I read about self love and and courage and being daring, um, it really is that it's taking your first step yeah. and and seeing what happens. Yeah. Um, many of us will always be so excited to you know start a new job, but think about all the nerve wracking things, all these new people, new leaders, new uh, new processes. But we won't do that in our own life. Sometimes we won't take that step forward to meet a new friend. Mm-hmm. But we'll go get a new job, which is a whole lot of newness and scary things. But we won't take that step to get to know somebody else. Or, right. Um, it's it's crazy what we won't do, but we will do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of it has to do with how we feel about ourselves. Um, and, you know, building that self-love will allow you to meet incredible people. Because exactly. you'll put yourself out there. Exactly. And I think by doing that, like you are being more authentic and being your true self and like when you're showing yourself to others. And I think the more the more we we can be ourselves and not care so much what other people think of us, the better it is like uh, the more people will gravitate towards you because you're being your your authentic self. Yeah. And you're attracting more people when you're being true to yourself. Exactly. And I find like a lot of times we're not our true selves because we've been shamed at some point about it mm-hmm. um, or we've been made fun of and it scarred us. Yep. And usually we're a product of shame and scars and, you know, humiliation at some point from, you know, friends or family yep. and not even knowing that what they have done We've held on to that forever. And so now we stop putting ourselves out there yep. and, and stop being authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's strange to talk about self-love and being more confident at myself in, at 40. I should have felt this way at 20. Right. Um, I should have felt this way a lot younger. But, you know, growing up in somewhere that was redneck, I had to, I had to hide and I had to not be so out there and take up space. I wasn't allowed to. Mm-hmm. Um, so now being older and, you know, learning that I should be taking up more space. I should be, I should be, you know, taking those little risks on getting to know people. So I love, I love that you talk about, um, you know, smiling at strangers um, <laughs> or their dogs. Um <laughs> Honestly, that's one of my favorite things to do. I love smiling at strangers and seeing if they'll smile back. See, that's where I struggle because I can't see if they... Ah! 
<laughs> so you can imagine they're always smiling back. I do. I do. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> but but it, but you're putting yourself out there, and that that comes from a place that you're 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 in love with yourself that you want to share that with somebody else. Exactly. And you don't know, like that person you walk by and smile at, maybe that you're the only person that smiled at them t- today. So right. like. It could make a positive impact and you won't even realize it. It's, and all you did was smile at someone. Oh, you have no idea. Like I've I've done that and I've actually had um, people stop me and be like, you know, you made me smile. Thank you. Like stopped and said, thank you for making somebody smile. But, and you, you don't even think that it's that important until somebody says something and you're like, oh, that felt that felt really good that I was even recognized. But yeah, those are those are some of my favorite things. And of course, like, you know, making kids laugh or, you know, those those things bring me joy. Um, we should be always be encouraging self-expression, people being authentically themselves, but it comes from being authentically yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that it, it will inspire somebody to try something new and find that little bit of love in themselves. And then they want to share that, like, you know, me being a crazy person on an electric unicycle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You know, I've only been live for a week now and I've had, um, you must know our friend Hadley. Yeah. Shout out to Hadley. Hey. Thank you for subscribing to my Patreon, Hadley. You're a sweetheart. Um, she came over uh, for a little visit on the weekend, and we. She told me that I inspired her to maybe like start a blog or something. I love that. Knowledge is knowledge is so important, and, and sharing of knowledge. Right. You think about like yeah, we have information at our fingertips, but it doesn't have texture to it where, you know, what we're doing today has texture. It has, you know, variety and, mm-hmm. and you know, natural weirdness that you can't write that in a blog. Right. Um, and you won't see in a textbook. And you won't see in a textbook. So, you know, what we're doing today and sharing this, I, I think is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, hopefully it inspires somebody to find that little little light inside themselves that wants to try something new and, mm-hmm. and find love in themselves to share that love. And that's how it grows and, right. and, and building on it. And like continuously like learning about ourselves, like growing and learning every day. Like that's something that I've kind of um, recently committed myself to. Like I always knew that I was going to be, we're all lifelong learners, but just like learning and growing every day, like making an effort to like educate myself on different things. Oh yeah. And I think it can be as simple as like, you know what? I haven't read the National Post ever. Today I want to read the National Post and see if I even (laughs) like it. Um, You know, I think it's so important to try something new or challenge yourself. I I don't want to be the person at the end of my life going, I wish I would have done more. Mm-hmm. Or I shoulda, coulda, woulda tried that. Just do it. Try it. You know, and if you if you had fun, talk about it. Share share with people that you had fun. You know, I always think about people who, f- you know, find themselves later in life. Like, I don't want to be that person. I want to find myself now. And I want to I wanna try new things now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to berate myself that I didn't do it yesterday. Um, no. But you can do it right now, today. Exactly. And it doesn't matter what age you are. It's never too late. And don't beat yourself up for not doing it sooner. But, like, we need to normalize, like, finding yourself in your 30s and, like, going after your dreams in your 50s. Like, you know, finding love in your 70s. Like, 
whatever. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Old people need love too. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) World peace. Um, It's true though. You know, we need to normalize it. I think about, you know, the where shame lives and you think about sometimes when your parents like oh you know boys don't do that or girls don't do that and we really should be now in 2021 going you should try that Mm -hmm. you should see if you like that Mm -hmm. um and building somebody's authentic self to trying things versus shaming them because they're not normal yes (laughs) yeah and i think that's how you build your children's curiosity, your own curiosity. And what parent doesn't want to see your kid do good at anything? You know, I kind of wish my parents would have put me in gymnastics when I was younger Mm because I think I would have liked it, but it it wouldn't have been something that would have felt maybe normal for my parents because they were around hockey people, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it might make them feel uncomfortable. Right. True. And so then I, then I feel like I shouldn't be doing this because it's not, you know, it's not manly to be, you know, sliding around on a pole. (laughs) (laughs) What are the neighbors going to (laughs) think? give them something to talk about. <laughs> right? And I think and I think that's where we should all be is is getting in our own ring a little bit and being mm-hmm. proud of who we are and you know building our own love of what we what we love to do. If you love cats, then love cats and you know Be that crazy cat lady. <laughs> I'm okay with crazy cat ladies. Um I'm just allergic, so no hugs. Um <laughs> okay my cat oreo she won't hug anybody oh, <laughs> anyone she's so cute though but yeah no i think i think your discovery through self-love is is waking up in the morning and wanting to try something new and, and being present put yourself out there yeah and like throughout my journey with self-love like how i've ramped it up a little bit in the last year <laughs> with the podcast and stuff like i've learned a ton of new stuff about myself like 31 it's years amazing. old and still learning stuff about myself and i i love that i think I really like what you were saying there about like now in like 2021, we can start normalizing things that when we were younger weren't comfortable or normal to discuss. And like one thing that popped into my head when you were saying that was emotions and how like boys are not allowed to have emotion and show emotion. And I think that's starting to change now slowly. Yeah. But, you know, it's headed in the right direction where like we all have emotions and feelings and all emotions and feelings are temporary but we should all be allowed to experience them and feel them and not feel shame for feeling them oh yeah i've i've beaten myself up for you know crying amongst a group of friends because i was upset and that you know i shouldn't be doing this now i you know Maybe I should be doing it because I'm around the best people to do it with, people who understand. But I was always told, you know, boys don't cry. Mm -hmm. And being a a very emotional person, like, I I ball in the theater. Like, I've cried on airplanes watching Toy Story movies. Um, And then I feel shame after because I'm like, don't look at me because I'm, like, crying and gross. Um, but you know, if I felt more confident with myself and, you know, uh, being able to show my emotion, that shame wouldn't live there. And then I wouldn't beat myself up, you know, in the cab ride with my red face. Cause I cried at, you know, big hero six. <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, it, it does come from normalizing and it comes from being around people who do normalize it. And, you know, we can't be mad at our parents. Our parents are a product of their parents. Uh-huh. Um, but I love at this point in my life and, you know, I'm excited for, you know, you with yours is 
that you're going to surround yourself with people that are cheerleaders, that are going to say to you, keep going or keep doing it. Um, and haters are always going to hate. Right. And the more that you surround yourself with people that are the cheerleader, um, you don't hear the haters so much anymore. No, they, they've like, it's background noise. Like they, they oh. follow, like you just don't notice no. Or care anymore. And that's the other part that comes along with it. You don't mm-hmm. care anymore because they're not the ones paying your bills. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the ones who love you are helping support you and, and make you a stronger you. And, you know, I always think there's room for everybody in, in every capacity because, you know, somebody brings something to the table. Mm-hmm. We don't have to all be the same. And I think that's, you know, the human species, we should be celebrating the fact that we're all a little different. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that's the whole beauty of like what I'm trying to do here oh i love it yeah it's like you know we're all unique we all have unique things about us but we can all also relate on certain levels of course and you know stuff that you say is going to be so helpful for someone else and the next person will be help someone else in a different way yeah i think it's amazing and uh it's a journey and, and it, it will forever be your journey. But I think what's amazing is it's forever your story. And your story, your story, you as your hero and the, and the main character in your story, you should always be getting up every morning and cheerleading yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my mom, my mom always said to me, um, nobody's going to look after you better than you. Mm-hmm. And it's true. And your mental health is the same. You, yeah. you need to be a cheerleader in there and not... And not a naysayer, because there's enough there's naysayers everywhere um, that are going to say, well, why are you doing that? Or what are other people going to say? But that's, it shouldn't be you. It shouldn't be you inside there. It should be you going, I don't care what they're saying. I need to, I need to keep going. Don't be a naysayer. Be be... a yay-sayer. Girl, there's your tagline. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, I love being a weirdo with you. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> um, so like what are some of the things that like over over the years might have negatively impacted uh, your self-love? Um, for me, I think um, when I look more and more and, and I you know as the world starts to bring around new topics, um, something that I've dived into a little bit more is around toxic masculinity. Um, I've never realized how it impacted me. In that, yes, growing up in a, a predominantly, you know, redneck place and a very, like, alpha, and if you're not aggressive and masculine, you're, you know, you're feminine, right? Like, you're the exact opposite. You're you're everything not, you know, you mm-hmm. can throw all the, the yucky words at it. Um, I don't need to say them. And, uh, but then it's also how I looked at myself. You know, I looked at myself in the mirror going, growing up that I wasn't man enough or, you know, I didn't have a six pack, so I wasn't attractive or, you know, I didn't look a certain way. Mm -hmm. And it isn't until, you know, in my late thirties that I started to realize that I'm built the way I am because it's of DNA. I can't change that. And, and, And I need to be okay with how I look and who's it to anybody to say I'm not man enough. I'm, I'm 100% me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whether a man, I, I actually enjoy being a balance of femininity and masculinity, or working at being a balance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I get to meet more people who are actually like me and that are more interesting because they they have um, different thoughts about things. It's not just like oh, pink is for girls. It's like well, 
pink has feelings, you know, pink, pink can evoke feelings. Um, I know I sometimes feel incredibly masculine wearing pink because it's daring and it's bold. And you know, who doesn't want to be around somebody who's daring and bold? (laughs) I don't necessarily (laughs) think that it's feminine anymore. Um, so it's really, you know, how you look at things. And, And I've been, you know, digging apart and trying to not be around toxic masculinity or, you know, when I hear, you know, what are other people going to think in my head? That's when I'm like, that means I should probably do this. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, because it, it, it's that internal fight. Um, yeah. And, and I've struggled, you know, with a lot of that and trying to let my femininity come out. Cause it's, it's, it feels good and it feels natural. Like I, we shouldn't be confined to these boxes of pink or blue. It should be authentically you. And, um, you know, I think the rainbow is the rainbow because we're all a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's been always my biggest struggle is how I see myself in, in, in terms of the masculinity box. Right. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not thin. I'm not hairless. I don't have six pack. Um, you know, I don't have, you know, blonde highlights and, you know, chiseled jawline, right. <laughs> you know, that's what... conventionally attractive. Right. Like you're, you're, your standard, this is, is this what gay is supposed to look like? Cause that's what I grew up. That's what I grew up with what gay was supposed to look like and, and what a gay man was supposed to look like. Um, you know, in the early nineties, that's, that's what was fed to you. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I struggled with that and it's like, well, I, I walk with purpose. And if mm-hmm. you, if you want to call that a sissy walk, then I walk with a sissy walk or, you know, like, um, I walk with intention to go somewhere, <laughs> you know, I don't know. You, know, you might call it a strut, you might call it whatever you want to call sissy it, but the sissy that walk, that, you know, but I've, I, that's who I am. Um, you know, I, I think, and we should be embracing that, that, that makes you authentically you, you're unique. I don't want to be militant and you know when you see everybody walking at the same pace it's scary. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's how I've started to look at things um as I've gotten older yeah. like how boring would the world be if everyone was conventionally attractive in right. quotation marks like um and same thing here like I never thought that I felt that mold or fit that mold yeah. of conventionally attractive like I've never been below a size five like (laughs) it's been a long time since I've been anywhere near there (laughs) but like being able to real come to realize that that's not actually how everyone or what everyone is attracted to like there's actually so many people who are not attracted to that thin like right you know but I think because we're fed, and I think even more so now through social media, we're we're told what the ideal beauty is, or you know, and I and I love that you know they are trying, you know, I feel like the media is trying to portray more different versions of of like I love I love body positivity right now. Like yes. I think I think that is a movement that I can get behind and be Same. like we should all be okay in our own skin. A hundred percent. Like that that to me right now and I and I'm because I'm I'm never gonna have a six pack. A six pack you're either born with it or you eat, <laughs> you eat nothing and you do like three hundred crunchies a day. Cause I 
an hour. <laughs> I'm just never going to have one. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, but I think it's the effort that you're putting into the results that you're getting out. You know, like, no, I'm not sitting at home, you know, eating chips and going, I'm not losing any weight. Um, I am putting in a, you know, effort into it. But what's my expectation? Like, yeah. And you're not putting like so much weight on that. No. No, now it's more about like, I want to be healthy and mobile. I want to be able to carry my groceries in one good. trip. <laughs> right. Exactly. Those are goals that I can get behind. Yes. <laughs> I just want to carry my groceries in one trip. <laughs> yeah. And those are okay goals. Like, um, but to beat yourself up because you don't have, you know, the biggest biceps or, and you know, it, that's not a that, and that's not normal anyways because they have to be in the gym forever and ever and ever. Yeah. I, I yeah. can't grow a booty though. I tried. <laughs> I, I can't. No. No, I need booty implants. Doesn't matter <laughs> the amount of squats. Oh God, no! I can squat till the cows come home. No booty grows. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. But yeah, like I think with the body positivity, you're like so right about that. Like yeah. right now, it's huge for one. And that's something that I've found has helped me, um, you know, in my self-acceptance and self-love journey was stop following so many, like, conventionally attractive, like, uh, fake, you know, like the Kardashians or... Well, and that's all they're about is the image. mm -hmm. Like, I want want to follow people that have substance. Totally. You know, I want to... I follow people that are you know, holistic in their approach that, you know, no, they're not a size zero, but they're healthy. And I think that's so important is to Mm -hmm. understand that healthy doesn't look like conventional beauty. Healthy looks like somebody who's well-rounded. It's about balance. And, you know, your mental health is a part of that balance. Uh Um, If you're striving... It has to be. Oh my gosh. It's so important now. Um, But if you're striving for something that's unattainable, you're going to beat yourself up along the way. Like... If you're trying to be something that you're just never going to be, you know, like if you're four foot five and you want to be six feet, you're, you're just going to beat yourself up over and all because you can't grow, you know, those extra feet to, to be that. (laughs) And, you know, and if, you know, if you have, um, you know, a disability that's not going to allow you to be something, you're where you need to be and go from there. You, You don't need to be what everybody else perceives to be the normal or the perfect or the beautiful yeah and like instead of flooding my feed with like these unrealistic expectations of what i should look like and what i should be consuming like mentally um i've started following like body positivity and like really positive things so i'm focusing like if that's what you're consuming you're training your brain. It's kind of like totally. the algorithms. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's it's so true. It It's like, it, it's even like, like I said, if you surround yourself with the people that inspire you or people that, you know, are positive to you, your output is going to be positive. So same thing, what you consume through social media or through online anything, if it's negative and if if it doesn't feel good or you beat yourself up after you look at it, I'd stop consuming it because mm-hmm. that's like you're surrounding yourself with bad things that aren't yeah. doing you well mentally. No. So, you know... Just being th- conscious of that. Oh my gosh. And... But... It's so easy not to be conscious. That's the part. And you don't even realize you're doing it until you start removing it. Mm-hmm. When you start removing it and you feel good that you're not looking at that stuff anymore, it, it it's eye-opening. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, negativity is so contagious. Oh. 
Yes. Like, have you ever just been in the presence of someone who was just like, didn't matter what the fuck happened. Everything was just shitty. Yeah. This is shitty, that's shitty. I call them the the victims of the world. They're they're the victim of the human species. Because they, you know, the world has always done them wrong. They Mm -hmm. can't, they can't... Uh, Look on they, the bright side. No, they don't have a bright side. They don't even know what that is. And, and you know, and it and it and you know, and if you're trying to not be that person and you're you're being around that, it it's all consuming mm. and it 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 is a vicious little cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, but think about you know how they make you feel. You're just like ugh. But that's what you can become if you surround yourself with that type of person as well. And it's the same with you know consuming content. If it's all negative, then yeah, you're probably going to feel like a crummy person. Right, exactly. And that's how, like, you know, we won't get into all that, but like, you know, the conspiracy theories, people. Um... Oh, are we going there too? That's this kind of podcast? <laughs> Do we have Not time? Yet. Do we have time for this? <laughs> Maybe another day. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think... This probably it's probably different podcast for the <laughs> for the conspiracy theories. Um, it's kind of the same thing though. You know what I mean? Like these people, the more they consume and like follow this stuff, like it's the same as like al- algorithm. Oh, yeah. Like the same stuff that you like and you follow and you, you gauge, the more that's going to come into your feed and consume you. Oh yeah, and it's just so easy to go there. So, like, what are some of the things that you do to show yourself self-love? <sighs> My self-love routine. Uh, I do love bubble baths. Um, no, actually, I discovered my love affair with the tub a couple years ago. I was strictly a shower person. I couldn't, like, possibly <laughs> think of sitting in a bathtub. And then the one day I got a, a bath bomb as a gift, and I was like... Okay, I'll try it. And then I was like in love with it. So you know why like lush people are that crazy? Because it's a thing. (laughs) Yeah. But in terms of self-love, I think for me, it's become a commitment to myself. You're taking time for myself. That's the biggest part where I show myself self-love. I think we can all get wrapped up in our jobs, in our day-to-day. We can get wrapped up in our heads. But making a commitment to yourself that's going to do something good for you. So, for instance, I I try to commit to doing yoga three times a week. My commitment isn't doing yoga for an hour three times a week. My commitment is just, just doing yoga. So, it, you know, it doesn't mean maybe one day it's an hour, one day it's 15 minutes, one day it's 30. But my commitment to myself is at least just doing that. And, and I find it having flexibility in my commitment is how I show myself self-love because you're instantly hard on yourself the moment you don't hit that deadline. Yep. So like, I think you were even talking about like, you know, I didn't, I don't, I didn't launch myself on a specific day, but you still launched, you still did it. And that's, that's the, that's the part that you should be celebrating, not beating yourself up that you didn't do it on Friday. Exactly. Girl, we're here today. Like, look what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so I think that's the biggest thing is really celebrating when you when you can make the commitment and you do it. So, um, and if you don't, it's also okay. It's totally okay. And that, you know, you just have to reset your commitment. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe it was only two times this week. Can I, can I make, can I make that commitment to myself? And that's the part that I, you know, I always think about what my mom's always said, 
you're the only one that's going to look after you the best. Yep. So you got to learn what that is. You know, what, yeah. what makes, what makes you happy? What brings you joy? Right. And say like, you know, these things like bring you joy and stuff, but say, um, the day you are planning on doing your yoga routine, yeah. something comes up and like, you're just feeling really down and you, you just can't bring yourself to do it. You also need to give yourself that space to not do it and give yourself a break for, yeah. um, just be kind to yourself. We all, you know what, we all sit in that, you know, we go through peaks and valleys mm-hmm. and that's okay. The trick is when you're having a valley is not to hang out there long, you know, like I'll have a valley and, and go into a dark little rabbit hole on the day that I'm supposed to do like a lot of yoga or enjoy my yoga that day. But it's remembering, okay, I'm going to take this time to reflect and and get in, you know, kind of pull apart that negative narrative. Why is it there today? But I'm not going to spend three days hanging out with it Mm because it's not going to get me any further into what I I want to do or it's not going to make me better. Yeah. What what is that accomplishing? No, that's it. Yeah. Instead of like, you know, doing something rewarding or. Yeah. Well, and you're thinking, like, what, what. You know, when you think about what brings you joy, I'm sure like we all get joy from watching Netflix movies, but what really brings you joy, you know, like sure today I have maybe telling yourself I haven't binged on Netflix in a while. So have your binge moment. Um, but again, it's not going to do you well if you're doing that all week. Um, no. Moderation. And that's it. It's balance there. It comes back to balance again, thinking about, you know, same with working out. You need to have a rest day and you're mm-hmm. allowed to have it. Yes. And, and you have to. You have to. Because if you don't, you're going to burn, burn out. yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes with everything. Work is finding balance, um, working out, you know, mental health. But, you know, I'm, I'm learning again, and I'm not an avid reader, but words, the written word and knowledge is incredibly powerful. And it's really just finding a, finding content that interests you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, whether it's Harry Potter or Brene Brown, like if it interests you, then read it. It's incredibly powerful. The, yeah. the brain and the, the written word um, evokes so many feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I've, I've rediscovered a love for reading. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, and I didn't, and I'm not really an avid reader. I'm a go see the movie kind of guy. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Um, and journaling, that's something actually I, re- I rediscovered at 40, that journaling is incredibly powerful for self-love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even when you're having crappy feelings and you're writing them down, I'll go and read my journal, um, you know, three days later when I had that crappy moment, I'm like, what was I even thinking? Like, there, what, there was no reason for me to even have that moment. Yeah. Um, but you're going to have it. And, you know, journaling, even for me, you know, I think... This, you know, I, I didn't grow up where like my parents were like, you should write down your feelings. <laughs> that was not my household. Um, <laughs> no, so, same. So, so now that I've discovered that I actually enjoy it, I don't beat myself up that I'm doing it. Um, but I make a commitment to, you know, sit down with my little book and write my thoughts and my feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, it and helps. I, and my hopes and my dreams and my gratitudes. Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting reading them back. Um, I do think I'm funny. I could be a Shonda Rhimes, really. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. um, you know, even writing the narrative in your head on paper, sometimes you're like, I am so crazy. Like, there is something wrong in here. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've had a few of those moments in the last year. <laughs> right? And it's okay. And, and that's the part that's really fun. I just hope nobody ever finds my journal because it'd be like, this is a crazy person that lives here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's fun. And sometimes even when I don't want to write in my journal, I'll read my old journal because like you forget you the brain is like Swiss cheese. You forget so much. So much stuff. And especially when you write down like a moment, moment that you had yeah. and then you go and reference it like three months later, you're like, oh my God, that happened. Like I'll never, well, I read it not too long ago, but on Canada Day, I saw a meteor like fall out of the sky. And I remember like, writing it down I was like I'm so thankful that I'm stone cold sober like writing down about a meteor like could you imagine like being like on Canada Day you're wasted seeing meteor you'd be like I'm losing my mind the world's ending uh, like through in the middle of a pandemic yeah and, right but I was like oh my god I, I that's right I saw a meteor on Canada Day and I even went looking to see if like it was a thing it wasn't a thing but apparently I saw it and I wrote it down so um huh? but yeah I think it's fun to reflect on it and um, you know, you realize that you're human and it's okay. And I think that it's the beating yourself up or the negative narrative that will start to tear you down that you, you stop doing it. You, you, then you wonder why you stopped doing it. And it's usually that's the culprit is you talked yourself out of it. For sure. Yeah. 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 I think that's something that like, and it's a constant thing to have to work on to like, you know, cause you're never just going to be able to like flip switch and turn that voice off it's learning to manage it and i watched um something online about this this girl that was having like a really horrific you know relationship and she was fighting for her relationship and struggling with her job and you know started to you know go down the funnel of depression and she started snapping herself out of it giving her you know she'd go into a negative thought and then count five seconds into the negative thought and then just do something else. And I'm like, that's incredibly powerful to stop a negative thought and just go, you know, count to five and go, I'm not doing this thought anymore. I'm going to go make toast or I'm going to go do something that brings me joy right now. Cause this thought isn't doing that for me right now. It, it's tearing me apart. Yes. Yes. I'm totally like, I don't know what you're referring to, but like in my own way, I've been doing that kind of thing myself. And it takes so much practice. It really does. <laughs> and you know, like, you know, I have to say, like, I'm sure a good portion of the work that I've done on myself this year was the fact that I've gone and done some therapy. And Oh, yeah. So like therapy is so, so incredibly valuable. Being able to talk to, the, you know, somebody about anything and just kind of get you know i don't think your therapist is going to fix you but they're going to put you in the right direction to help yourself you know yeah because your your negative narrative isn't going to help you it's going to hold you back every single second so you know even talking to somebody is the biggest step you can do for Mm -hmm. self-love and finding your authentic self in there yeah um yeah, it's, you know, I've had the opportunity to talk to some incredible people and, um, you know, even just validate that they're, that you're not crazy. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, you know, just to come out of a meeting with a therapist and feel like I can walk around and just feel like I'm not that different from everyone else and, like, I'm, I feel so much more validated and... Right, right. 
who I am and what I'm doing. Right. Um, and I know it's very unfortunate that, like, um, it's not super accessible and, and affordable for many people. No. Um, even, um, even like, the kids' help phone. Like, if, if you, if, like, if, if you're having a crisis and you need to talk to somebody, the kids' help phone will always answer. And it's not just for kids. Yeah. Like that I and I didn't realize that up until last year. It's Same. like if you needed if you were in crisis and you needed to really talk to somebody, at least there's somebody, you know, yes. make, you know, and it's um that to me I was like I never I never thought of that either. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you're ne- you're never doing this alone because there are people to help. There are people going through it along. Like I think that was my biggest aha moment is that you know, I'm not the only one feeling down or I'm not the only one who has those thoughts. Mm-hmm. What takes practice and what you have to be so conscious about is the positive thoughts and not getting wrapped up in the in the negative narrative, in the self-deprecation and showing up for yourself. I think that's who you that's who you should show up for every day. That's where self-love really comes from. Self-love mm-hmm. comes from showing up for yourself because that's that's all you got, you know. <laughs> you're you're the ball of consciousness inside the meat puppet. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. You know, and that's yourself. And, and, you know, that's finding that and showing up for yourself um, is the best way to show yourself love. Um, Yeah. It's the best thing you can do for yourself. Oh my God. It's, and, and what I love is that the more you find yourself, um, the more you'll find people that are just like you. And then you're going to surround yourself with these incredibly talented people and, Mm -hmm. and smart. Um, and you want to learn from them and they want to learn from you. And, um, and then you have this wealth of knowledge being surrounded by, and you have an audience of people that, um, also want to hear your thought. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I think that's, that's where this forum is so wonderful. You have people that are, have, have this opportunity to listen and go, Oh, I understand. Or I've had those moments so that, Again, you don't feel so isolated in yourself. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, I mean, especially with this whole year we've had with, like, yeah, the pandemic, like, everyone's been isolated and had to really face a lot of things that they may not have had to face before. And I think that's probably why drinking became such a huge problem. Oh, absolutely. Because it's a numbing agent. You mm-hmm. have the opportunity to just numb your feelings. You're yeah. not you're not fixing them. Yeah. <laughs> People couldn't go out and like distract themselves and just like go, 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 no. like all the time. Like now people were forced to sit down and like sit with these demons that they had. Yeah. And and I find booze is is like a nice catalyst to go negative. Like mm-hmm. I've you know, I discovered, you know, being alone with your thoughts when liquor comes to play. Liquor is only good for maybe one drink. You know, just that it's the taste, it's the celebration. But usually when you add two and three, all of a sudden the thoughts start to change. Um, and, and they like to be self-deprecating. And that's something I don't know about anybody else, but that's something I learned about myself. And, and so I realized really quickly that booze isn't a really good route for me 
because it's a numbing agent. It's not fixing me. It's mm. and and I really start to think now. You know, if I'm going to consume alcohol, I want to consume it with somebody because we should be celebrating something. Absolutely, it shouldn't be because I'm alone and I'm lonely that it's my only friend right. because that's not a good friend. No, 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 no. no. That's how I've always kind of seen it. Like you know, and I, I mean. I think it's important for me to also realize that I always seen it as um, not a problem unless I'm drinking by myself. And that's why I always had that rule with myself that I wouldn't drink by myself. And I I never really did. It was always like a social thing for me. But in a pandemic, it's hard. Like when you're by yourself and you want to have a drink, it's hard to stay true to your rules. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, here's a bottle of wine that is open. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm not so happy with myself anymore. And making really bad choices, text messaging. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or I post something about my feelings that, you know, because all of a sudden I'm having a negative narrative in my head and, and it wasn't necessary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, as much as people say that it doesn't impact you that much when you're under the influence, it really does. Oh, like, sure it does. you know, you hear all these people with like the deniers. Yeah. They're like, oh, I didn't know. Like, COVID only comes out after 8 p.m. Like, <sighs> no, that's not the point. It's not that it's not around all day. It's that when you're in an, like these establishments that are predominantly like consuming alcohol and under the influence, you lose that kind of like making good decisions sometimes. Like, um, and I know that I've noticed like a couple of times, say if I'm coming home from somewhere and after having a few drinks, I'm supposed to wear my mask in my building, you know, say I come home at midnight, of course there's no one in the hallway. So if I did run into anyone, but I, I forget. Right. I've, and I never forget, like, you know, once in a while, I'll walk into a store and I'll see somebody with a mask. Oh, shit. Oh, I know. Put my mask on. But, like, it's happened more times than not when I've had drinks in my system. Oh, yeah. And and think about, like, yeah, so if you're sitting alone at home drinking, of course you're going to start thinking. Yep. Because you have time. And, you know, you, you have a numbing agent that's going to help perpetuate negativity. So yeah. Yeah. So it's I, a downer. It's a totally downer. So yeah, I've been trying to be more conscious about that. Um, what else? What else about self-love? Ooh, uh, I'd like to know if you could, what would you tell your 15 year old self? Oh my God. 15 year old me. 15 oh, year old me was super pimply. And I had like, I had, <laughs> I had, Me too. It's okay. I, I had really bad acne. I had, I had, and I had like skater hair. So skater hair was like parted in the middle, like down to your chin. It was bad. <laughs> it was so bad. Ugh. And my best friend dyed it black. And it, it used to scare me when I looked in the mirror, so we had to bleach it out. Then it was fire engine red. So I was a hot mess at 15. <laughs> like, I'm I'm trying things in fashion. This is, like, the 90s. So fashion is gross anyways. Like, I'm seeing things that are Grunge. happening right now that are, I'm like, ugh, this didn't need to come back. It could have died then. Right. Like, like, some of the things now are right from, like, the 90s. Um, so what would I tell 15-year-old me if I ran into him? So um, I truly feel, and I and I, I highly embody, um, it gets better. 
Like, uh, 15-year-old me would have been in middle school. So that was awful. Like, middle school was brutal. Um, You know, that's the epitome of, you know, self-loathing. You know, um, I think that was the, the worst part of getting bullied because I really didn't look like everybody but tried my hardest to fit in like you know you were doing anything you could to you know not be picked on and so you know telling my 15 year old self that it that it gets better and it's okay to be you and not you know not go to bed thinking that you should you hope to wake up in the morning a different person And I don't think a 15-year-old should ever, you know, go to bed thinking, I hope I wake up in the morning, not me. I hope I wake up in the morning a happier person. Mm -hmm. And I think that happens so much more often than we even realize. Oh, I'm sure it happens to every Mm 15-year-old. You know, I'm I'm sure anybody who you know, has gone through, you know, puberty, has thought (laughs) those feelings. And I really, you know, you know, when I have, I have friends who teach that age group and I hear about, you know, how they teach their kids. I'm always so proud of my friends that are teachers because they, they at some point probably have seen or experienced what is going on with that age group. It's an age thing. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's the part where, you know, your parents didn't get a manual on how to raise you and how to install self-love. You know, they only know what they know through their parents. Mm -hmm. Um, I was fortunate in that, you know, my mom grew up in a fa- in, grew up in a family of you know fighters and you know challenging status quo and finding self love. My mm-hmm. mom, um, you know, my mom always challenged status quo. She was you know one of the first women to wear um, jeans in school. You know, you had to wear you had to wear a skirt and a blouse in her school, and uh, you know my grandmother challenged it, and um, you know eventually they wore slacks to that this school um you know so that i was always in the you know you need to challenge it a little bit so growing up um i wish my i wish you know my 15 year old self would listen to his parents better um because it's only later in my life do you hear your parents voices and you're like they were right (laughs) it does get better Mm -hmm. um but you also have to put yourself out there to make it better i think that's the other part too is not to sit and be a victim of it is really say to yourself like no i i i can make this better and i you know i can i can be a better person too yeah and if you don't see initially see that like positive stuff you want to surround yourself with just keep looking like you will eventually find it yeah you know and you're allowed to be you're allowed to be at 15 you're allowed to be kind of weird and, and lost and lost and you're allowed to like you know five or six different things at one time because you're still you're discovering them like i think you know you should be trying on as much as you can try on mm-hmm. um you know i played i played organ um when I was in my teens and it was awful, <laughs> but my mom made me do it for at least a year. Cause I was like, I want to learn, you know, keyboard. Well, we didn't really know anybody to teach me that, but we knew somebody that could teach me organ. Um, and it sounds awful. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I really can't play it, uh, but I did it for a year. Cause you know, I made that commitment to try something. Right. Um, and I think as you get older, you, you start to build that fear wall where you don't want to try anything new and you I need to encourage your 15 year old self because the 15 year old you is still inside you mm-hmm. so you need to find that 15 year old you and go you can try some new things even if you're 40 
Yeah. You can still tell yourself, I can still try new things. Yeah. Give yourself permission. You're allowed to. Because that's what you're telling your 15-year-old self because it's still in you. And you don't know what you like until you try it. It's like food. How can you know? I mean, people are going to laugh at me because I was notorious growing up for being the pickiest kid you could ever (laughs) meet. Um, But now, like, I try things that, you know, I remember when I was a teenager, I was still really picky and I remember my uncle chasing me around with like a sweet red pepper and like I refused to try it just because I just didn't know when I um but you don't know what you don't know that's exactly it is right there is you don't know what you don't know and um and you end up comparing to the other things so Mm -hmm. comparison is always the killer of growth you know it's a matter of gotta try it uh huh. Yeah, and we have once. to stop comparing ourselves to other people. Yeah, that's that's the part where you you'll tear yourself down every time because you don't know their story. You no. don't know you don't know how long they had to work at something. Exactly. Um, you don't know what's behind the screen behind that photo. Like I said earlier, when I post when I posted that picture on Thanksgiving, yeah, I was very down and not looking happy like I did in the photo that I posted. So I think people just need to realize that social media is just a filter of our life yeah, and the best moments that we have. Of course, those are the memories that you want to look back on. So when I post, yeah, I'm going to you know post predominantly positive, uplifting content mm-hmm. because I also want to reflect on that when I'm down and go, oh, I remember doing that. That was so much fun. Now, those are my memories too. Right. And I want to look back and see positive. Yeah. You know, although I will know the whole story that, you know, maybe my dog died that day. Um, maybe I was going through a rough patch in my life, but I had a moment that I wanted to capture that was positive so that I can look back and go, that was a good day. Yeah. Um, and and move move on and remember that good will always be there and, and relish in that. Absolutely. It's like a garden, you know. If, yes. If there's no rain, things aren't going to grow. Yeah. And so we have to learn to appreciate those tough times as well. They are still what makes us up. Like the challenges that we face still equally make us up as well as the good times. Totally. I think I think the hardship in my life or the hard times because I grew from it has made me stronger versus weaker. Like mm-hmm. you you're not going to win every battle, but thriving through it and learning from it so that you don't have to do it again. That that's the best thing you can do for yourself is having a rough day and go oh, that was crap. What am I going to do or what can I do so that it, it's not so impactful on my on my mental health or it's not affecting me in this way? What can I do versus what, you know, I can't do this. And that's the worst because you can do anything. And I, I truly believe anybody can do anything, you know, within reason. Um, right. Like, <laughs> you you know. don't want me to like drive down the street (laughs) (laughs) but look at automated cars like never say never like eventually you'll be behind the wheel and um the car's driving for you so see totally you know tesla um i would be a great 
test subject to test out your self-driving car. Just want to put that out there. But see, like, really, when you think about it, there is that ability for people to do just about anything within reason. Like, maybe you just have to go at the route a different way. It's not going to be a a straight and narrow path. Your route might be all sorts of different shapes. You know, life isn't lateral. You're not going to just keep moving in one motion. Um, And, you know, your mental state is so important, too, that you're going to have the peaks and valleys. You're going to have, you know, manic, crazy excitement. And then you're going to have moments where you're just like, that was like the worst day of my life when the reality is is no it it wasn't the worst day it was just it really made me sucky in that moment Mm -hmm. (laughs) right um but yeah i i really do think that's the journey that you know when you're finding self-love is understanding that there is no lateral to self-love um right your journey is going to sound and look different than my journey Mm -hmm. And I think it's 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 having those moments to talk about it, and I you know I'm really so happy that you were able to ask me to talk about my my journey through self love. Although I took you on some fun tangents, you're, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, maybe you'll invite me back someday. Oh, uh, <laughs> please, please, it'd be my pleasure. Um, but no, I think I think um, if anybody was to take something away, is you know be your authentic self, show up for yourself, take up space you know, and find things that bring you joy and do those. And, you know, don't listen to the haters. Um, When somebody's standing on the outside of the ring telling you how shitty you're doing on the inside, they're not in the ring with you. Right. Um, Whatever you're doing in your ring, that's that's your game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's really knowing you're the winner in this. Yeah. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Keep going. Yes. Hit the gas pedal. (laughs) (laughs) For sure, like, all of the experiences we have, like, shape us into who we are. And even, like, the challenges that we face, as long as we can start looking at those in a way that, like, for me, I took, I like to take my disability and try to not use it to my advantage, but, like, turn it, turn things around to make it work for me. Right. If I can't, if you can't beat them, join them. Well, right. And, and you know working within within the realm of things that you can work with and you know you can utilize other tools to grow mm-hmm. um you know i may not i may not be the best at at math but i can use a calculator you know maybe you're not the best at something but you have tools that can help you be better use your tools don't be so hard on yourself that you know you're not the normal and that's okay mm-hmm. that's that's the part where we need to be okay with not being normal and i don't i don't want to be like everybody else anymore no i, I when I, my 15 year old self sure he did he wanted to be just like everybody else or mm-hmm. wanted to be the the ideal um for the masses and now i'm right. unique like a unicorn and you know yeah. it, it, i'm i'm only want to fit in anymore. i don't want to fit in i want to be for special people uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> yay i made the cut well i think this was super fun and i'm so glad that you were willing to come talk to me today oh thanks for having me friend yes and uh we'll definitely have you back someday okay i won't take you on so many tangents oh that's okay (laughs) i i'm i'm a tangent person so i can appreciate that (laughs) (laughs) my listeners are gonna have to get used to tangents (laughs) enjoy the journey yes exactly (laughs) buckle up (laughs) baby yeah all right well 
Um, anything else you'd like to say? Is there anything you'd like to plug or? No, if you're, if you're curious to see the electric unicycle, um, you can check me out on my Insta at Trevlon. Trevlon. (laughs) There's my plug. (laughs) Get it, sis. Yes. Well, thanks again for coming. It was way too fun. And, uh, I can't wait to do it again. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. 